Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. My name is Peter Bond, and I've read each book in the main series. However, my two co-hosts are reading the series for the first time. With me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones. Good day, sir. And, and the third leg of this here, here uh, you got me off with the, is Josh, ba- Josh Baker's here too. Yeah, it's your boy. Today we're, uh, we're done Dead House Gates, um, but we're doing a wrap up and a mailbag show. So we're going to talk about our, our book, we're going to talk about the book in total and our general thoughts. But first we uh, asked everyone to write in with opinions about Dead House Gates and, and uh, we're going to try and respond to it as much as we can. Um, we picked out some emails and tweets. Sometimes we're just responding to single lines. Sometimes we're responding to the whole thing. Um, we really appreciate everyone that wrote in. But before we get into talking about it, having some discussions, I first wanted to ask a question to my two co-hosts. Mm. You know, um, obviously we know we're going to return to Seven Cities, you know, Tavor has arrived, kind of setting up this conflict, you know. But I would love to, you know, love to know, since throughout Deadhouse Gates, we see this rebellion arise as Seven City locals are trying to push out Imperial occupation of their continent, you know. Um, so what do we think about this conflict? I mean, like, I know we like have personal stakes in the characters, but like, how do you feel about the Malzan Empire being here? Do you like, do you, do you have a particular opinion about either side of this war that is growing? Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I really feel like the rebellion is, is kind of in some ways, like, I understand why they're rebelling, that they feel like they have this oppressive force, but I mean, I feel like we didn't meet too many people in this book whose lives were exponentially worse since the Malazans arrived, you know? Like, in a lot of ways, they bring, like, order and stability to a lot of the regions they bring, they come to, and, like, for a lot of the nomadic people, they just kind of let them be, and they're like, hey, you do you. Well, so not I, all the nomadic people. Well, yeah, sometimes be. they beat them into submission and they make them into the greatest high fist we'll ever meet. But like, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I, I was, I've been kind of confused why, like, why this whole thing happened. And listen, regardless of whether it's right that it did or did not happen, the rebellion people really committed some horrific atrocities. Yeah, well, there's certainly. You know, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> okay. I'm not down with the colonialism. A. B. I don't know if we're, I, I, we're generalizing the rebellion people when I bet a bunch of them didn't even want to be there. Meanwhile, our girl, Lassine, is arguably the most vile person in this whole situation. She's just a Regardless of her little, oh, I'm doing this because of this. It's all a mo- one moving part that I'm just a small piece of. I think the fuck not. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree that like Lacine, I do think she is it's a real cop out to be like, this isn't my choice. I'm just perpetuating the system. I'm just like here, if any, man. If anything, that's maybe the worst part. That's the worst point of view you could take in regards <laughs> to immoral systems of the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Josh, do you not feel like the, I I'm I'm hundred percent in John like it being colonialistic? I don't know how you could say it's not. I mean, well, I feel like it's more like the Roman Empire, which I I, I guess is still colonialism now that I think about. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah d- definitely. So maybe but... maybe I'll just shut up. <laughs> maybe I'll just be quiet over Can here. Can we just like live and let live in this kind of situation? Like Malzan, you have enough, right? You're thriving. Yeah, she's not wrong. Why do we need to? You know, we don't need to. We don't need to go for other places. We could just let everyone be fine. And then the rebellion mm-hmm. would have never started, you know? True. 
Well, listen, it's mur- it's there's a there is a murky element to it, but Mine anyway, tweet at us about it if you comes. want. Yeah. Well, Josh, hit us with our first. That was just a little pe- little peak question. I want to get in on it. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get our but, lips wet. Yeah. Let's let's oh, uh, let's dive okay. in this pool. Josh, take <laughs> us into it. All right. This comes from Neil or Niall. Hey, gang. I've been meaning to reach out for a while to say I love the show. All three of you seem super sweet, and your dynamic is hilarious. As a longtime fan of the series, I'm beyond thrilled it's getting this kind of attention. Quick question for all of you. Who is your favorite character so far? P.S. I am shocked no one made a panic at the disco joke last episode, especially what with their god being called Cotillion slash Dancer. Solid bet. Gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was, that was a good one. Yeah. Who was panic? <laughs> trying to remember. The, Are you kidding me? Oh, the boy. The boy. small boy. The Ab small boy. Son. Hmm. Uh, favorite character. Someone else go first. I don't know. I have to think. No, um, Josh. I think my fa- I'm definitely not talking long to stall. All right. I'm going. I'm I going. I Thank you. <laughs> my favorite character has to be Fellison. I'm just saying it. Oh I know God. it's like, God I know, it. I know that's not how some people feel, but she is just the character I'm most interested in reading about. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Facts. Her storyline is what I was most compelled by. Her emotional journey, I, I was invested in, you know, and I think she, you know, it's that's it's not to say I endorse all of her choices, although I have defended them a fair amount on this mm-hmm. show. But, you know, I when I think about this book, I'm drawn to her and uh, I think her story is great. Inge, what do you think? Favorite character? You know what? I totally agree with her storyline being the best one. Most interesting. And the only one that I really enjoyed mostly throughout the story. But I'm going to have to say, because she is so painful, um, Haboric. You're, oh, you're turned into a Haboric fan. Yeah. Wow. He is wise. That's a little twist to the kind. end. He is, you know, he also had a journey. Oh, he, yeah. So I'm with it. Hmm. Josh, I think I'm going to say my favorite character is Fiddler. Interesting. Why'd you, why are you picking Fiddler? Well, I just think of all the characters, he's the only, like, he's the one that, the dude just gets shit thrown at him all day, every day. And do you know what he responds by do- He just, he just stays him. He, like, just never changes. He's like, I'm Fiddler. He's, like, in the face of, you know, he's face-to-face with gods. And he's like, cool boy. I'm just a sapper. <laughs> Don't know what to tell you. Just, just a soldier out <laughs> Just here. a soldier. Just a malison sapper. And I just love him. He's just, yeah. The dude doesn't change. No. I do want to shout out. I do. I got a lot. I, I really appreciated the Mapanacarium storyline again mm-hmm. um, because I felt like I, I, I got a lot more out of it this time around. And, and you know, it's it's a really good story because it really follows that traditional storytelling thing where uh, the characters end up exactly the same as where they started and nothing changes about them. I love that. You know, they definitely just start right back with him having amnesia and Mapo being like, yep, all good here. Definitely nothing we should really talk about. We actually have an email I want to return to this subject on. Oh, okay. Let, let's do it a little later on. It's, it's, right. it's I think Sounds it's a great email. Um, Inge, do you want to read our next tweet? Um, this is a tweet from Scott. DG is great. The gang flying through Warrens on the Salando is one of my favorite parts on reread. It sets up more later. Kalam's ending was a bit of a letdown, though, with Lacine. I agree, Scott. True words. I, know. I was hoping for a bit more of a fight, I guess. I, kinda, I like the swerve. Death. We've talked about it a bit. But I would like to know, looking back on if you guys have any further context or clues about the Salanda, what's going on with that boat, that whole kind of interlude in the early part of Deadhouse Gates. 
all I have is that I think someone at some point on Twitter was like, man, it's great when we see this from, a, or no, Erickson told us that we're going to see that whole shebang from a, from the other side's perspective. And like how that happens, I, I don't even fucking know, man. Like I'm yeah. excited, but I'm like very curious how he gets us to that exact scene from another perspective. It'll be cool. Nice plug that that did bring it up that we talked to steven erickson that's kind of nice yeah you know. yeah you know that's what i'm here for <laughs> this comment comes from the uh, miles and subreddit from the riddler 78 the chain of dogs is the single greatest story arc in the series and is a mirror of the events of the greater story just in a tighter format it's where the point erickson tries to make with the series becomes apparent especially on a reread for me Gardens of the moon was a messy promise of greatness deadhouse gates delivered on that promise quick question Sure. So the chain of dogs. I just thought that was yeah. the, the people. So how? Like, what is? Like, it what is, do you mean kinda, by that? What does that mean? With, within the conversation around the books, it usually refers to like the whole Diker Coltane storyline and like their okay, book long trek to Aaron. You know, that's pretty. Then yeah, that's pretty factual. Granted, even though it was insufferable for the first like three quarters of the book, I really liked the way it ended. Yeah, I would. I would be. I, I know. We got some books to get through. I'd be really curious to hear how that strikes you on a reread, you know, like how that feels. Because to me, it's it's a very interesting thing reading that through a second time, kind of knowing where that story is going. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll say. But this Tears question in my eyes, this question makes me think. And I wanted to ask you this. Um, so it comp- uh, he talks about Garns of the Moon and Dead House Gates. And, and they're both two pretty different books, you know, especially since for me, I was really getting my bearings in the first book and then kind of found my footing, so to speak, in the second book. Um, and Josh, I'd love to hear what you think about comparing the two books um, and, and with the differences in reading them. Well, I would say um, similar to what you're, you're, you were just going on. I, I felt like this book is like a really, it's like a really tight story. You know what I mean? But And like yeah. a story that does a lot of things differently than, than many other fantasy books versus the, the first one is... It's definitely like a, hey, here is this world, here is a story within this world. I, it didn't really feel as strong to me in terms of, like, the narrative overall. The world is, is wonderful and, and how it, like, functions and the, and the characters playing within it. I just didn't, I felt like the the A to B and how we get there in Deadhouse Gates, Gates is just way better. I agree with that. I think there's a cleaner, there's cleaner arcs in Deadhouse Gates. And if anything, it's, like, Gardens of the Moon... Like, maybe it's, like, too much to chew on sometimes, yes, you know? Like, there's yes. a lot in that book, mm-hmm. you know? What do you think about comparing the two books, Inge? Um, yeah, I agree. I think that it was definitely, though, the first book was such a learning curve that even <laughs> when I was reading the story, I was just like, I, there, I, have, I, have no, I have nothing to hold on to here. Like, there's nothing for me to grasp and be like, okay, mm-hmm. I get that. Um, whereas in the second book, the, I, in my opinion, actually, I feel like the storylines were even more separate i don't know if you guys agree oh with that. yeah for sure oh definitely like, i mean like okay, you, you can think like there's whole characters who like because in the first book it's like there's malazans and there's darugistan like darus and like it's just that but like how does map on relate to felison i mean it's like right yeah they, you know, they, in, the, yes. in the first one i think almost every plot line meets with the exception of tattersail because she you know explodes but like this one yeah there's whole groups that are are in integral to the whole story that just don't don't ever see each other yeah yeah exactly which is like interesting um 
Mm-hmm. But also, I don't know. It just made for a better story for me because you're you're getting more out of it and you're understanding different points of views. And then at the end, you're right. There is more of like an okay, mm-hmm. oh moment. If anything, whereas in the first book, I said it a lot, but I don't really know if I ever knew why I was saying <laughs> oh. If anything, I almost feel like it's telling the story of a continent and a place at like a time. If that makes any sense, do you know what I mean? Oh, oh, I totally like, get that. Like some people talk about the series as like telling a history in a way and like, I don't know, I always feel like this book has such an evocative setting and I think that maybe contributes to it, that it's kind of just crossing seven cities at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I agree. This email is from Emil. Uh, I've really been enjoying your read through of the series so far, especially with all the different points of view the three of you have. One of the things that really struck me was that you were far more generous to Felicin than I was when reading. I would disagree that, that I was at all. Uh, merciful. I agree. Uh, I loathe. Tr- <laughs> uh, he said. Uh, Emil says I loathe her character. My question is about how strongly Josh and India felt that Mapo should have left Akarium to be taken by the Azath. Uh, assuming this isn't a spoiler, what do you two think? What do the two of you think that being taken by the Azath looks like? Would you change your mind if you knew that meant he would either die if he was lucky or be buried alive for eternity? Uh, also, shout out to Daniel who asked a similar Azath question. Uh, absolutely love Josh's hot take on the refugee situation, by the way. Hey, that makes one person in the entire world. Thanks, Emil. <laughs> <laughs> so, so get into it. Like, uh, I don't know. What do you think? How do you f- I, I, I'm, I, I wish you would be more repentant about the, the that thing. No, <laughs> I listen. What I said, what I meant was he should have been left in the house like his dad was. That's what we're saying. We yeah, understand that's what, that's what we, we understand that the vines mean an eternity of just being there alive and not doing anything, and that sounds awful. We don't want that. That sounds like a but good like, what, time to but me. But, like, let's say if it's going to kill him. <laughs> Is that all right? Yeah, that's fine. What the... F- it, it, do we understand how long this man has lived? Eons. He can't die? We all die. Well, I, I, the jackets are, are, are... He's actually only a half jacket, right? Yeah, but he's old, I think, you know. Yeah, he's been around for a hot minute. So he can't die? Like, no, I'm fine if he dies too. So he's he, a good guy, but like, come on. So you're good I'm, you're good if he dies, is what you're saying. Um if it's that or complete this like perpetual cycle of like fall into rage, kill lots of people, wake up with amnesia, continue on, but that sounds shitty too, so I mean exactly. It's like what kind of life are we living here? What kind of life is that? I mean, listen. I'm a f- I'm pro Akarium, but I do know what you mean. Like I, hey, I forgot I murdered the city. Isn't a good excuse morally. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I agreed. Don't know. I don't know. I just like can't get on board. He's too sad of a boy, you know. Well, he is a sad boy, but you know, sometimes that's what you get. Exactly. We, we the cards life deals to us, you know. Well, it, I, he didn't get dealt. I guess it may anyway. <laughs> And read the next. Wait, let's go. <laughs> All righty then. Um, okay, this is another tweet uh, from Sean. Not another one from Sean, but another che- tweet from someone named Sean. You sound like um, me. <laughs> 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 what characters defied your expectations, surprised you, or let you down? It's a lit question. Mm. But I don't want to go first. I have to think about this. Defied expectations. I guess Felicin defied expectations. What I did expectations? not see her doing that. I don't know of, of not being such oh, a Oh, I know who. De- I, I got it. I think Bowden defied my expectations. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Most, so like 
be- because of all the characters in this book, I would say he's the one whose motivations I just don't know. I just got no. He just dis- he just did things, and I was like, what? Like I know he was a talent, uh, and put- and I guess was sent to protect Felison. But boy, boy, howdy, did he do it in a bad way? And then he made it clear he didn't care about her, and then he leaves her, and then he comes back and burns himself to death, but to save her. I just, I have so many questions about all of his motivations. That's pretty uh, factual. Yeah. Yeah. But did he defy your expectations? He defied. He, them? he refused to, to let me have expectations because he just kept doing shit, and I was like, "What are we doing, Bowden? Who are you?" Yeah. Because that. he must have been so he must have been pretty smart because he had all that fucking expository information about the Salanda when they're on the boat. Mm-hmm. And he's just rattling off like these crazy facts that like why would you know all that? And then he's like he makes tactical decisions the whole time they're in like the, the slave camp to to try and you know make their lives easier. But then he does just die horrifically in a very like matter of fact way just by Well is it Josh he was immune to fire. His skin was a little bronze. Yeah, why know? did he think he was immune to fire? Classic. Yeah, yeah, he had a good base going, you know? He's, Didn't he? Cause like, huh. Yeah, I just have a lot of questions about my boy Bowden. I really thought about it. I don't know if I have a good answer. So let me just answer a question. I don't know. Here's here's another unrelated thought, I guess. I I really did think a lot about Stormy Gessler and Truth more this mm, time. I, you know? I'm very curious about them, I gotta tell you. Because they got a whole vibe, and I think they're one of these B stories that just, like, is, like, humming along at a full pace, you know? And the only other thought I had about characters is, like, I guess I was a little surprised, and honestly, maybe a little let down, about the kind of the backseat Crocus takes in this book, you know? Mm. Like... He's foregrounded a bit in the beginning, but like he's him and ah, Fiddler, Kalim, Mapslar. I don't know. I guess like they're our only through line from the last book in a way. And like, I don't know. I feel like I think about Felicin and Diker's story a lot more. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. you know? Me mm-hmm. too. 100%. Yeah. Anywho's, this message is from Bradley. Thanks so much for the read through podcast. I've been hoping for a way to ease the series for a friend, and you guys have made a lovely low barrier to entry. Love lower in the bar. For the Deadhouse Gates and a book review, I think you didn't focus on a couple key things. And I, I picked two out. You ready? The glossing over the enormity of crows that had to hold Coltane's soul. It was a lovely elegy, but showcasing how his soul just needed an entire flock, more so than any other Wiccan, including Sormo Enath, was so powerful. On that note, given squ- give Squint his due as having to deal with one of the hardest things in the book. Yes, it is mercy, but I killed Coltane can never be forgotten. And, well, that's the end of his email, but I fully agree with the squint thing because when I think about my memory of first reading the p- p- section, I was so caught up at the moment. I'm like, oh my God, everyone's dying. Blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, why are we reading about this archer? And then like, I don't know. It's just a, such an interesting point of view shift to ha- to go to the person who kind of acts in that merciful way. I mean, I guess... Yeah, why not? I don't, I wasn't really thinking of it that way because they kind of just like brushed him off and were like, nah, what you did was great. So I guess I was just like, well, yeah, you know. Well, I don't know if that was, I don't know if that, I don't know if that was the tone necessarily, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I, I don't know. Was he even a, a relevant 
person? I guess we should have thought more about that. Who, Squint? not that insightful, Daniel. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, it's interesting that it's just kind of a shift to this, like in this crucial emotional moment, it's kind of shifts to just, oh, here's the new guy. He's going to kill Coltane, you know? I feel like we learned, I thought thought we met Squint at some some point. Did we not? I gotta say, I think that's your first time meeting him. I could be wrong, you know, but I think- Are you implying that there will be a second time? He definitely just implied there's going to be a second, perhaps third or fourth time. You seem very familiar with Squint, actually, Peter. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. He's actually who the fourth book's about, actually. It's going to be a Squint every book. Hell yeah. (laughs) All about Squint. Yeah. This book's really just a tease for Squint. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Christ. He is the Empire. Um, The dream. So next we have a a voicemail from our good buddy Moshe, and uh, here it is. I love listening to you guys talk about these books. It is a great, great perspective. Seeing people or listening to people read them for the first time, listening as their perspectives change and the way they view characters change over time. And finally, and most importantly, fuck Malik Rell. I love him. I think we can all agree, Moshe, fuck Malik Rell. It's it's a common cant uh, within the community, certainly. But... Uh, he brings up an interesting point, and I would love to hear, maybe I'll first come to Inge, because I know her feelings about Diker changed throughout the book, and Felicin, like, I feel like there's a lot of characters that maybe feel differently about different points in the book. Um, so Inge, what was that like to kind of, I don't know, have those opinions change, especially for a character like Diker? You know, Peter, in books, as books do... And life. I've People read them. change. Yes, they do. Yeah, I mean, I like them. They're great. Um, honestly, though, not going to lie. I think that the content for Diker changed from the beginning <laughs> of being just like war, memories, fight, blood. Then it was like blood, sad, feelings. And then, you know, that's where I got into it. Because mm. I love feelings. And I love reading about mm. them. So... Um, for me, it was more so I think that like, they got more into like the toll that it was taking on them where in the beginning, they were like spring and chipper, not really chipper, but like, you know, they're ready to go. But as they got worn down, it became less about the fight and more about the toll. And that's where I really got more invested. Bellison, I knew I'd love right off the bat, because she was always in her feels. And then she kind of transcended into a bad bitch, which I can always respect and appreciate. Mm, Gotta respect the game. It's interesting you say that about trying, like, almost identifying more with the struggle of the chain of dogs, because I, I, I probably feel similar sometimes when we get the, the military stuff leaves me a little out in the cold, but I don't know. I always like Decker, though. So, jo- I know. Josh, do you feel like there was characters who your opinion about changed throughout the book? Oh, um, yeah, Coltane, because I suggested he slaughter thousands of innocents, and now I realize that he's the, he's the greatest man to ever live. And, uh, and, like, the whole point is that he didn't slaughter me. Yeah, just sense. maybe. So I would say that's a pretty big change of <laughs> opinion for me. Yeah, it's a 180. You could say that, you know. Mm. But just take that out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Inge, do you want to read our next email? I would love nothing more than to read it. <clears throat> I thought this was mine to read. <clears throat> no, I did, did the voicemail. Oh, I did the voicemail. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, God. This is a long one. Oh, well, wait, wait, before you read the long email, I did want to shout out because this email is from Jay and uh, Mel also wrote in on the subject and the two of them wrote, I would say, great, more textually based arguments for Shaikh, sorry, Felicin kind of becoming Shaikh Reborn. 
So, uh, yeah, I read it and I don't agree still. Okay, well, listen, this isn't on Peter. So, yeah, uh, like they both sent me that they both sent in the same like snippet from the book and reading it out of context. I was like, this makes so much sense. And then I went and found it in the book and she'd already been doing Shaikh shit for like a whole ass chapter and a half. I don't know. I, there was a whole thread on Reddit. I once about it. I thought you read it. I, I don't know what to tell you. Pete's yeah, Reddit on Reddit. So th- that's all to say. <laughs> j- j- I don't know. Roast Josh. I got no- I got nothing else. Yeah. You know? feed your, your rage feeds me. Roast me. <laughs> all right. And take it. Take the email away. Do I have to write say anything about Mel? Why I just I just shout out Mel, you know he oh. he 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 also wrote in great explanation about it. It's always uh, so I just wanted to oh all right well kudos to you Mel and Jay um but this email comes from Jay so <laughs> Peter Peter just wanted to fucking waste our time I wasn't trying I was just trying to get on the record about it forget your email Mel we're gonna read <laughs> Jay's nice. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this was actually okay so Jay. This was actually my least favorite book of the series thus far. Respect, Jay. I thought for a while that Midnight Tides was going to beat this one as a least favorite, but that book became really good midway through. I don't understand why this is such a fan favorite when it seems that no one in the story accomplished what they had set to do, except maybe Fiddler. But I don't really get what his goal was in the first place or if he accomplished it. I get that Erickson loves turning over reader expectations, but I think you cross the line when you read a book that accomplishes nothing. Jay... You are my spirit animal. Jay. I thrive on what you just said. Jay, man, sometimes it's the journey, not the destination, my guy. No, Jay. No, Jay. Sometimes it's is- about sometimes it's about the journey of a thousand refugees and then just seeing their hero fucking slaughtered in front of them. And it's that and it's that rather than them getting to safety that's important. And this is the email I mentioned earlier, Josh, when you said about I forget. I am remembering Mappo and Akarium. Mappo and Akarium. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. I'll say that it, that's different. It's, it's of a piece. Most people do not accomplish anything in this book. Yeah. You know, but here's I know, okay. Like, the refugees okay. get saved. Well. But. Okay. But people do accomplish it, and they go and they do, and people start in very people end in vastly different places than they start and i think that's the sign of a journey's completion not that they succeeded but whether they ended up somewhere different and mapo nakari and Mendo fucking nowhere different at best you can say that mapo is a bit more Map, mapo ch- mapo change mapo sure. changes I mean, inside but and he also doesn't because he's just gonna keep i mean i don't know until i see him do something other than enable Icarium for another you know millennia but i think mapo's guarding now out of in theory friendship and not guilt i mean i think that's that I would true argue that's oh, the change I thought book. of it that way all right i like that wow that's huge big if true it's I, still doing the same thing oh yeah for sure well you still yeah i just think i don't know i i don't think failure is a strong word but like i don't know i mean absolar crocus do get where they're trying to go mm-hmm. clam filler i don't know well jay i respect your question and answer and feedback but really listen wasn't. with the failures aside let me let me ask this you know um Actually, I, I don't have a failures aside question, so... Okay, moving on. I'll read the next one. This next question comes from Twitter, from Andrew. Duiker is one of my favorite characters so far. I'm basically reading along with you guys. I've started memories, but not much. But yeah. I like Duiker because he kind of represents a lawful, good, honorable knight type. You get an inside look at the old empire through his lens. What? That's so... I don't know if this. No. I don't know if this dude knows what lawful good is. I don't know if I would call Duiker lawful good in some ways. I think he's law. I think he's pretty lawful. What do you mean? I do. 
he he serves justice ice cold. Yeah. He's he's in he's into justice and the law. What the fuck are you talking about, Josh? I don't know. I just feel like uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm off base there. Yeah, okay, you're right. You're right. I do like him. He's a good character. If justice is punching someone in the throat and killing them, <laughs> that, then see he that's and, it. and that was my thought. But then <laughs> wow. I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That was my thought is that he did that. But then I had to remember that he spent the whole book not doing that. And again, exactly. listen, listen. I know I called for refugee deaths, but this that one dude. Dewaker could have done this way earlier and everyone would have been happier for it. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. I that, for sure would have been. I'm not trying to become a Nefpara defender, but definitely that murder is not particularly lawful. You know? Listen, I'd man. Sometimes lawful. law, sometimes you know good isn't if, lawful. If someone said that I did something I didn't to sentence me to death, you better believe you're dying too. <laughs> you're getting punched in the throat. Yeah. <laughs> hard. Minimum. Minimum I do punch think, shattering your trachea. I do think though that like a Peter punch in the throat is gonna resolve in like a maybe a stun, a light winding, Just knock the wind out of him real quick. Yeah, I don't I more almost just shocked, like, whoa, what are we doing? You know? Peter punching? No. What was that? What was that breeze that just hit my throat? <laughs> yeah. That's me. Should have wore a scarf. <laughs> this next one comes in from Bob from Gmail. Uh, hi, guys. I found when reading Malzahn Book of the Fallen series that my reading comprehension improved immensely the more I read. It seems that India is having the same experience as I. She seems to be gaining a lot more from the books as, as they go on, enjoying them more. Is that the case? Also, India, next time, try to get not... Co- Try not to get pneumonia before podcasting some of my favorite chapters in the series. Smile, uh, little, little, little smiley face joke. <coughs> <coughs> oh, India, are you feeling all right? Just, just still dealing with the residual effects of pneumonia. Um, <laughs> so, no, I agree. And I also agree that, I mean, this is common sense, and I say it all the time, reading the book is so much better. And um, in this book particularly, toward the end, as I've been... Um, yelled at to read it from the book which I always had by the way I just didn't like reading it um I do feel like you have a better understanding because you can go back and read again and the accents that the freaking audiobook guy are not distracting you but yeah um overall I agree I do understand more I think this book is easier to understand so it's not really fair for me to say like now I'm all about that reading comprehension but it's definitely a lot more clear and I think I'm more invested because of it yeah so yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're almost at the end, so we'll pop that into big questions in just a sec. But we got one last tweet. India, do you want to read it for us? Um, yes, I would actually love to read it for you. This is a tweet from Duncan. The Chain of Dogs is probably one of the series highlights for me. We often run into characters that have already built a myth around them. Bridge burners, for one. To my eye, this one is, is one of the first times in the series where we see a myth built with Coltane and the Seventh. I love that point, and I think it, it's so true. The The story is mired in these characters who, like, have decades or centuries of history yeah. that we, like, are, like... I think I brought that up a bunch in the book, in the first book's podcast. I, th- I think I remember... Talking right? about the bridge burners. Yeah, talking about the bridge burners and how it was so interesting to, like... Because, uh, you know, in most books, all you get is people having their legends built, right? You see the legends being built. It was so interesting to see them, to just to meet people. But it was also incredibly jarring because it's kind yeah. of expected that you know so much already. And it's like, well, I literally can't because you just started the book. And I, how yeah, would I know? Yeah. 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 But it, The Chain of Dogs is sick. 
It is, and, and I think he nails it on the head because, I mean, I'm not going to, it's not spoiling anything, but obviously the Chain of Dogs is talked about again in the next eight books. Oh, you know? for sure. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see how things can be built upon and contrasting to things that, like, we meet so many things that have been built so much, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All righty. So let's go. Can I just let- say something really quick, Peter? Absolutely. Please. Thank you. I just want to say that all of these questions are so interesting and thought provoking. And I never even thought of half of them, which is really cool to hear everybody's point of view. So I appreciate you guys. And thank you for giving me new thoughts because I never had them before and I would have never thought of them. And they're actually really interesting. Yeah. That's we're it. just we're handing out kudos, little kudos corner time. I agree. Love getting mail. Love, love talking to people about the books. And like, obviously I want to talk about them. Yeah, we got a podcast about it, you know. Like, freaking freaking podcast about it. Love it. So, come on in. The water's fine. <laughs> um, but let's go. Big picture, you know, we we had this we responded a lot of emails, but I this time I kinda wanted to build up to maybe your total thoughts on Dead House Gates. So, um, India, why don't you go first? My total thoughts on Dead House Gates. Okay. This is a tough question. I wish I would have had an answer prepared. Um, all right, so this whole book has, as always, been an emotional roller coaster for End. Um, I thought I really loved that everybody was not together. I loved that everybody was doing different things, and you got a taste of everything. I thought the book did that really, really well, um, keeping you in the loop with everybody's different points of views and go- coming back to them at just the right time when you were getting sick of um, Diker and Coltane. So, or maybe you weren't. But I was. I really liked that. I love Felicin's journey. I have no idea how she became Chaik. I, st- I still don't get it. But um, I do think emails. it was interesting. There's those emails if you want to read them. Yeah, but. I'm, I'm going to actually refer to those emails and get then you guys can drop some wisdom on me because your girl end is just not down for it. But um, I think it's set up a lot of, a lot more. I think even way obviously more so than um, the first book because we went somewhere completely different and did completely different things. I think this, I'm not sure where we're going next. Um, but I think that this book specifically put us in a position to see and learn a lot more um, history and really set us up to be a little bit more excited about what's to come with this battle. And yeah, so I give this book a solid uh, B minus. Took a tw- t- <laughs> All right, Josh, Josh, go for it. <laughs> um, I, I think I agree with India. I like that. Uh, I really like how disparate the storylines were in, in this one. Um, I actually really enjoyed that unlike Gardens of the Moon, where like all of these storylines twist into like this one pivotal thing, I was really worried that something like that would happen in this book and it would, that would become like a, a running thing in the series. I'm glad that he like that, you know, it, it was if they were they were not together and they stayed not together. I like that. I agree. Um, I also want to say something I, I really enjoyed about this book that I hated about the first book. And, and I probably on a reread of the first book will truly enjoy it. Um, but I loved all the weird shit that happened in this book that clearly is like teases of what's to come, you know, like yes. Stormy Gessler Truth being bronze, definitely going to be important. The Salanda and all that shit going to be important. The undead dragon going to be important. Like, I, I like all these little hints of what's to come. And it's got it's got me pretty excited for the rest of this. Mm. You said just, because uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go in a sec, but you both mentioned the, the disparate storylines thing. And I would, I'm curious about what's compelling in that for you. Uh, constant change of scenery. Interesting. Yeah. And I think I, I've always enjoyed 
books that were told from different points of views. Like that's like my favorite type of book. I just think it breaks up the story more and like it makes it more interesting to leave something and then come back and I don't know. It's just I, I it's just something refreshing about reading multiple points of views of different situations. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree, and I think I mean the series continues that way, and I do think sometimes in the series maybe there's too many points of views. Mm. Um, but I think this book, um, it's it nails it, and I think I I fully agree. I think it works great. I. I I had an interesting Twitter exchange with uh, with someone about how I felt about Deadhouse Gates on reread, and I recorded a different podcast about it, but it's a bit, like, I feel like my opinion about Gardens of the Moon changed, like, had a greater delta and difference between the rereading. Do you know I mean? Because I, like, thought Deadhouse Gates was great. I read it, still thought it was great, mm-hmm. but I think other si- books in the series, when I reread them, had a bigger shift, you know? So... I think I appreciated different parts of this book more, but I mean, overall, I still think this book's a banger and um, like, what's up? Check it out. I got nothing else to say about it. You know, I mean, yeah, I love that take. So that is a wrap on Dead House Gates. Uh, and the next time the three of us will be together, we'll do Memories of Ice. Um, but Next week, I recorded uh, spoilers for the whole series conversation about this book. And last time, we were kind of finding our footing. Me and AJ had the conversation. But this time, I invited Tommy on the show, whose son, I forget his Reddit name. Anyway, he's, he made he made the great uh, companion guides for Gardens of the Moon, Deadhouse Gates, and Memories Vice. You may know them. If not, we can link to them. There'll be links out there. Anywho's. Um, we had a great conversation about the whole series and uh, Deadhouse Gate specifically. And then after that, we have two kind of special episodes coming out. Um, we're excited to release them, hear what you think about them. Um, the first one, we recorded a conversation, me and AJ and a friend read Willful Child by Steven Erickson. is kind of satirical science fiction novel. Interesting stuff. Anyway, uh, stay in the loop about that, um, but... Memories of Ice will be out soon. All these all these episodes are going to come out week by week because we don't we don't we're trying to get into Memories of Ice, you know. But um, anyway, tweet at us. We want to hear about. Uh, I don't know. We just love we love getting mail. Obviously, either you got anything else to say before we uh, jump the ship back to Ganabacus? Memories of Ice time. I'm ready to get Ganabacus to there. You really um, I, you tried. I like I get the joke you were trying to do, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I respect it. Thank I you. do definitely respect that. Thank you. Okay. Trying to get it back there. Did you like my um, you didn't like my take? Well, there was a, there was a decided okay. silence. No. Okay. So Lena with a thud, that joke. <laughs> uh, on that note. Oh, oh, oh no, 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 no. We can't we can't go yet. We can't go yet. I just remembered. You guys gotta make predictions for the next book. Oh fuck. Ah, oh, damn it. I think we're going to check in on the bridge burners, baby. Well, All right. No, you got to get better than that. Inch. <laughs> um, I think that uh, I don't know. This is so hard because you like to ask us for predictions. Oh, I got one about books that probably have nothing to do with the last. one. I got one. I got one. Uh, I sure. think it's a safe one. I think Baruch is going to be a heavy player in the next one. I think a heavier player on the side of the good guys, quotation mm. marks. I thought for... Baruch died. No. No. Because Mamet uh, died. Yeah, Mamet died. Baruch didn't die because Mamet. Baruch's the one who sent the Bacarals to get, they thought, Coltane's soul, but they got Duerker's soul. So yeah. so ju- just based on the fact that he sent things for that, I think, th- think Baruch's going to be a pretty big player. So 
and I don't know shit about him, so I'm excited. What do you think, Ange? Genabacus, Alliance, whole thing? Mm, whatever happened to uh, the eel person? That's Kruppa. Krupp. Let's let's say something something that's gonna happen with him, huh? You think Krupp's back? I would hope so. He was a funny little character. Well, I guess we'll see, won't we? I don't honestly. Maybe who knows? But I also want to give like a really quick shout out to my boy Scott. He defended me on on the Twitter, <laughs> and I appreciate him mm-hmm. hardcore. Mm-hmm. Just shout out. Thank you for feeling bad for me being sick and also not understanding the books. And I guess nice we're I guess we're wrapping it up with a Scott shout out. Yes, <laughs> yep, yep. I honestly, yeah, I'd like to dedicate this episode to Scott. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whoever you are. Yeah. Maybe the boys aren't down for it, Scott, but I am. No. Okay. It's not how they wanted to go out. Scott. I know. It's I, just, I, I guess I was just surprised. I didn't know this was the space we were veering. No, we're good. We're good. Mm-hmm. I just figured. I figured if there was any time to do it, it'd be closing it out. So he really knew. Yeah. Impact. It was impact. Makes impactful. sense. Makes sense. It should be a, a little parentheses before the period. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, yes. we're t- alrighty. <laughs> so we'll talk during Memories of Ice. We're looking forward to it. Can't wait. All right. Bye. 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 Hello, everyone. Producer AJ here. Peter already gave you the rundown on what's going on in the space between Deadhouse Gates and Memories of Ice, so let me take this time to say thank you all so, so much for listening and supporting this show over the last year. Uh, we've watched the show grow from nothing to over a thousand listeners per episode. Uh, thank you, seriously, from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, also, thank you, as always, to Dan Gesrick for making our spectacular logo. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Gesrick for the hottest, gritty, did nothing wrong takes. And of course, the music in today's episode is by the one and only Amaranthin from their album The New Romantic, which you can find along with their other music and brand new EP on Bandcamp.com. Links to their pages will be in the show notes, and 10 Very Big Books will be back next week on January 31st with a special Deadhouse Gates spoiler episode. See you then, and thank you so much for listening. So this next question comes from Twitter. Wait, it's from I Andrew. think actually this is... Shouldn't I do it? So this next email, Twitter... No. This yes. next question comes from Twitter from Andrew. This next question comes in from Twitter. It's from Andrew. Hey, we'll do one more. Okay, Duiker. Duiker? Duiker is one of my favorite characters so far. I'm, all right. What are we doing? Duiker is one, one of my favorite cut. characters so far. I'm basically reading along with you guys. I'm do s- one clean cut. We can't do this. <laughs> I'm trying to, and you keep screaming at me. Just start over from Twitter. <laughs>